The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but they sound better than a Dallas Cowboys loss. Well, let's be honest. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Every headline is a witness to the Earth's current destination. Life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't if we sit on our blessed assurance. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Because I like both Fred Flintstone and George Jetson. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. The David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Yes, that long. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. And I checked with Jennifer. We just don't care. But for the next few minutes... I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. You know, does a word spoken from somebody close to you produce fear or faith? Hmm, interesting question. We want you to have an opportunity, if you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, to be able to reach out to us. Maybe you've got a praise report, something the Lord's been working on in your life and making progress in, and you know it, and you want to acknowledge it as you're going through it step by step. Maybe you've got a praise scenario that has just blown your mind away, and you're just not even sure how to use it or share it or whatever. Call up. We'll help you get through it. We'll help you share it. Perhaps a prayer request because you've got something you're dealing with. It's serious. It's in-depth, and you're struggling. We're here for that. Maybe you're just not sure what to do. We'll pray for wisdom because that's what the Scripture tells us to do. Maybe you just want to talk to somebody. That's all okay. The way to reach out to us is to call 972-445-0770. 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Amazing Jen. Let me explain to you what that's like. I know this very well, both sides of the coin. Here we go. Talking to Amazing Jen is like no traffic on the way into work. Like, what? 
and then you will feel... Amazing! That's right, because when that happens, it's amazing. Trust me. You might also want to text us, 214-210-8483. There should be no electronic shock that takes place when that happens. 214-210-8483. You can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. My Chromebook still works, which which I actually find amazing. Uh, David at hemustincrease.org as well. We want to send you up to the website, and the website's a great place for a couple of different things. We are letting people know if they've got some suggestions for the show. We're listening. We listen to people. We have never disregarded anybody's ideas or thoughts. We just pray about them and see if they'll fit with the show. If you got some suggestions outside of the host taking a long walk off a short pier, outside of that one, uh, reach out to us. Go to the website. Also, on, and then under comments is where you can share that. Also, on the website is a great place to give, and giving is important because we can't do the show without your help. Just that simple. Check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Yeah. So I think that's roller skates, but, uh, you know, somebody bouncing on a trampoline with roller skates. So it's like that kind of boing. Uh, All right. We're going to get into the scriptures. We've got a couple things we do want to cover. I do want to remind people, not this week, but next week, we kind of have a modified schedule because somebody you know, or at least somebody you listen to, is going to be going to Tennessee. Plus, uh, we've got some other things, other house cleaning things that we have to take care of next week. So just be aware of that so it doesn't catch you by surprise. Also, in the next segment, we're going to be praying for the marriages, for the people that listen to the show, because we need to. That's why. And then uh, I'll ask you to be praying uh, certainly later on for uh, we're having a ministry leadership meeting for uh, He Must Increase Ministry later on today. Uh, so or later on this evening, that is. So we ask for prayer for wisdom. We want to do what the Lord wants us to do. We know we don't do it perfectly, but we want to do the best we can before the Lord with all we have and to honor him and what we're doing. That's one of our big goals. OK, let's get into the text because so much material here. It's just amazing. In 1 Peter, now we are in 1 Peter for those that do not know. And the last time I checked, because it kind of changes on me a lot, the last time I checked, we are in chapter 3, and we are right right at about verse 10 where it says this, Whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. So this tells you right away when you look at this passage and you read this passage, this tells you right away that most politicians don't love life. 
I say, well, why, do you, why would you say that? Well, because they don't keep their tongue from evil or their lips from deceit. So I, I'm thinking they just don't love life. And uh, then there's a lot of people in the media that don't love life either. Here's the bottom line. If you are a person that loves life, and that doesn't mean you love this life more than the, the life that's coming. It just means that you love life because you know as a created being you're connected to your creator and you love it. And you can't imagine going through this life without having God as your best friend. You love it. You love life. And you're looking to see good days. And who's not looking to see good days? Do you want bad days? I don't want bad days. I want good days. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. At least, at least the sitcom Happy Days had a good title, right? Happy Days, right? So if you love life and you want to see good days, there's two things we're supposed to do. We're supposed to keep our tongue from evil and our lips from deceitful speech. Those are two different things, by the way. Keeping your tongue from evil means that you're not speaking death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words we use have power. They have impact. You know, they have the old saying, we've said this uh, in the past, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Really? It's over names that wars have been fought, so that's not true. And the idea is that we be people that speak life. Now, some people would think that speaking life means you're always positive and you always say nice and flowery things. That's not correct. Sometimes the right life speech is repent because that will bring life. That's important to recognize. And then it also says, and keep their, keep their lips from being dece- from deceitful speech, which means that you're not trying to speak out of the left side of your mouth at the same time you're trying to speak out of the right side of your mouth at the same time trying to please everybody in a deceptive manner. The greatest uh, uh, statement that A.W. Tozer made had to do with, let God be true but every man a liar. And he said, wouldn't that be nice if Christians followed that? <laughs> It's like, wow, yes. And what that means is don't mislead with speech. Don't, uh, don't you know, paint some kind of faint picture. Just tell it the way it is. This is this and this is this. Well, you could have said that better. <laughs> okay. If you don't repent <laughs> and accept Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're going to go to hell. <laughs> I mean, I can say it that way. I just don't think that's going to make a difference. Here's what I'm trying to get at, that we need to watch what it is that we say somewhere between the left and right ear and underneath the left and right nostril and underneath the left and right eye is this component that has this ability to speak life and encouragement to people or discouragement and death. You sit there and you think about it just a little. You got two eyes, two eyebrows. You got two knees, one nose, but it's two nostrils, right? You got two ears. You got two arms. You got two legs. You got one mouth because the mouth creates enough problems by itself. And who needs two? So here's the bottom line. We, if we're a people that love life, love our relationship with the Lord, love being connected to him, love being engaged with him, love the fellowship that we have for him, and can't wait, can't wait for him to blow the horn. We as those people are looking for good days, and let's do something really important that he would tell us to do, that he commands us to do, and let's let our words have life connected to him. Let's keep from speaking evil, which is speaking along the lines of the world, 
And speaking, you know, people think, well, that's swearing. Hmm. I think it's a lot darker than swearing. That's my take on the on the scripture. And keep your lips from deceitful speech. Just tell it the way it is. Sometimes it's uh it's well received and sometimes it's not. But be honest. That's better than being dishonest. I think most people would agree with that. All right. So we're at the end of this break. We do have somebody calling in. We'll probably have to put them on hold because what we're gonna probably do is take the break and use the opportunity to uh, to uh, get ourselves prepared for the next segment. I do want you guys to be doing something that's really, really important. And we're going to pray about it in the forthcoming section. And that is we're going to be praying about the marriages for the, some of the people that are listening to the show. Because I know that some of them are really struggling. And it's hard. It's hard when your marriage is hard. It's hard when you're either uh, trying to make it work or it's not going to work and you try to move on or whatever the case may be. We want to be able to pray with one another and encourage one another and bless one another because it's not an easy process to function in difficult worldly situations. And if we're going to be a little honest, sometimes maybe we're not all the best well-behaved people saying the best things all the time. I would admit that, and I had to confess my own sin to my wife this this week earlier when I got mad about a, a bank transaction that took place. It was an accident on her part, and I didn't handle it well. You want to know why? Because I'm a sinner who's saved by grace. So then I had to apologize, and she said, never mind, and I felt bad. And those are the kind of things that do happen in our journey, that sometimes you say things, do things, or think things, process things, and you go just a little more overboard. So we are going to be doing that kind of prayer. But in the meantime, before we do that, we'll see what the caller needs. And then what we'll do is we'll break uh, for the commercial, and then we'll come back and we'll have to finish up in First Peter. But my big admonition here is quite simply this. Make sure that the words of your mouth Make sure that the words of my mouth, that's what I want. I want for me too. And the meditations of my heart and the meditations of your heart are pleasing to the Lord, are things that the Lord looks at and are and is pleased with. I want my words to be a blessing. I hope you do too. We'll take our break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, it's Amazing Jennifer, and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. Amazing! And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? (laughs) No. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You are on your own with that. What 
is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh, <laughs> I tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the to me, what what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading. What's in it for me? Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip, and, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone, I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone, the question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to offer up our trivia question. We'll give you ways to reach out to us through the trivia question plus our email. And uh, and then I'm going to do a prayer for the marriages and for the people in the audience, if that's okay. And if it's not okay, it doesn't matter because I'm still doing it. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know how the, I don't know how one thing would change the other, but that's okay. Uh, here is, though, your first trivia question. Now, some of these trivia questions we've asked before, but if, uh, if I asked you if you've read the Bible more than one time or if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John more than one time in the last three years and you said no, I'd be like, bad, bad, bad. Bad. Okay, so here you go. All right, Paul prayed how many times to have his thorn in the flesh removed? How many times, this is in 2 Corinthians 12, how many times did Paul pray to have the thorn in the flesh removed? First, if you want to reach out to us, you can call 972 if you want to, you can text in always, always, and forever, forever, 214-210-8483. Now, listen up. If you want to send me an email, you can do that by sending it to David. Okay, so that's me. And then that little at sign, which I guess it's, is it, is it got a, it's like at, right? It's not got, okay. Uh, 
at <laughs> hemustincrease.org. So it's important to have the hemustincrease.org. And just in case you're wondering, I misspell it like 10, 20 times a, a day. So don't feel bad if you do it and it comes back and it goes, huh? Just make sure you spell it right. David at hemustincrease.org. That is the way to go about that. So the question, straightforward. Paul prayed how many times to have his thorn in the flesh removed that's the question in the meantime what i'm going to do first is our dna and then we're going to pray for the audience and then we'll uh follow up on the teaching and so on and so forth so here's our dna and dna is important because i have found out especially by specific revelation from on high and from all the powers that be across the entire world from the north south east and west that there's more news coming to society I have discovered that this is a fact. If you want me to say it prophetically, I will prophetically say that somewhere between tomorrow and a week from tomorrow, there will be, in fact, more news. Okay. Uh, so let's uh, deal with how we deal with that. D our DNA is what we're built of. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Every day that ends in Y, spend some time with the guy in the sky. Just that simple. There you go. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. You might not understand everything. I didn't understand everything. When I was 17 and reading Matthew, I was like going, first of all, what's a ye? I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. So, uh, but it's okay. You grow in the word. But Jesus knew exactly what he was saying. He said what he said for a reason. And it's amazing that 2,000 years later, it's as pertinent, if not more so today, than it was then. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means that the Lord is who you're thinking about first. You know, you got your mind geared up towards the Lord. Plus, you're looking at other people and their lives and their heavinesses and their concerns and their blessings and all of that. And you're considering them as well to be a vehicle that can be assuring, encouraging, confident you know, maybe confidence building, or just to be there to cry with him, whatever the case may be. Be a vehicle, be a vessel, be a blessing. That's always a good thing. Let's pray for the audience, as I think that's an important thing to do for us right now. So let's do that, Father. We come before you right now, and we pray in the powerful and incredible name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the gift that you've granted us, the life that you've granted us, the grace that you've granted us, the power and the comfort that comes through you. And right now, Lord, there's people in our audience that are struggling in multiple ways. It could be with a marriage that's dissolving. It could be with a marriage that's just starting. It could be relationships that have just come to an end for a multitude of reasons. And Lord, what we're praying for is for the God of comfort, and that's how you identify yourself, for the God of comfort, to comfort his children, that you would put your arms around them and love them, that they would recognize, myself included, that sometimes even in the process of loss, there is gain because we draw closer to you and find more of you. And in the end of all of this, Lord, to be reunited or united and then reunited, so to speak, with our creator and to draw closer with one another, and with our brothers and sisters, 
and to stand firm in the grace and mercy you've extended to us. That is powerful indeed. Give us the the ability to be sensitive to you, to respond to you, to know you, and to receive your comfort. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I want to I wanna pick up from where I said, because we only have like four minutes, and I want to pick up from something I said. And As you guys are aware on this show, <laughs> sometimes... Sometimes I confess when I do something stupid, and I think it's healthy to do that, not because I'm a pastoral leader. I happen to be the the person that hosts this show. Um, yeah, I have a lot of uh, paper behind me. That's true. But I also have a lot of stupid behind me. I mean, I'm really good at making mistakes, and I, I don't know anybody who knows me who is unaware of that. You know, I'm I'm a little more forthright in admitting it, but I'm just saying, yeah, I do some things really bad. And so we had a situation happen, and I want to confess, and I've already done my apologies to my wife, but I want to just show you how fast things can turn because we're so fleshly. Um, so Noel made a, a small mistake, and it was a small mistake. And by the way, my mistake that came afterwards was actually literally, I mean literally 10 times larger because these are numbers, okay? So she made a mistake on a bill, and so instead of calling her up and saying, hey, you know, what's going on with this, blah, 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 I was like, we needed that, you know? <laughs> Have you ever done that where you just like, you just kind of don't think it through and you act before you think and and uh, you, you uh, speak out of the frustration? So uh, it turned out that there was a bill that we double paid, which means we won't have to pay it again the following month. But then I'm just sitting there going, gosh, we needed that money, blah, 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 blah. Well, it turns out the next day, and after I apologized and was an idiot and so on and so forth, and I did because I, I jumped it. I jumped the gun on that one. The next day we got a, a ministry uh, bill that we uh, were not anticipating. We probably won't have to pay the whole thing. But to give you an idea how funny it was, it was about – Ten times larger than her mistake. And you know whose fault it was? Mine. <laughs> you know what she said? Nothing. You know what that made me realize? I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's what it made me realize. It's not, and she wasn't like, oh, see, my mistake was this. It was one Tootsie Roll. Yours was 11. You know, it's kind of thing. It was just my reaction. And she was, uh, she handled hers. She handled it with more grace than I did. And that's not an excuse or that's not saying, oh, what happened wasn't wrong. It's none of that. It's that when we become reactionary, we tend to go more in the flesh than by the spirit. When we react, when we see something and go, (gasps) and then go, (gasps) that's not taking action. That's reacting. And so I, I'm just simply confessing that. I already went through my apologies, and my wife has forgiven me. She forgave me the second that we came across this other thing. I'm just simply saying, don't be so reactionary. Because you will find out, as I have found out, as you know and I know, reactionary is not always Christ-like. A lot of flesh, but not a lot of Jesus. So be less reactionary and be more actionary okay all right we'll take our break and then come back you're listening to the david spoon experience right here on kwam 770 the true station here in texas short break top of the hour we'll be back don't go anywhere 
What is the David Spoon experience? Verse 24 in Mark 5, it says Jesus went with them. Sometimes Jesus went there. Sometimes Jesus just spoke the word. Sometimes Jesus went there. It's all. It happens in all different ways. I did read this ridiculous thing from this one person who said, you know, Jesus, you know, healed, you know, every single person uh, in the entire uh, community and didn't charge anybody any money. This was, it was, they were trying to make a political argument. And the fact of the matter is he only healed one guy at the, at the pool of Bethsaida. And that was actually a hospital. It's like what? What do you guys read this stuff? Is this, did you read this? So this is where you pull back from those kind of things, and you go, "Can we just keep it on track with the truth? It's just easier if you just tell the truth and keep it the way it is, and not try and make it fit some kind of narrative." Here's this narrative issued by Scripture itself. Jesus tells Jairus, "Don't, don't ignore what these people are saying. Don't be afraid. Take a stand." Now, I want you to—I'm going to read verse 37. you got to catch what Jesus does. Amazing. He did not let anyone follow him in except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jairus, uh, Jesus saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why is all this commotion? Why all this wailing? The child's not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And he put them all out and took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha Kaum, Talitha, Talitha Kaum. And that means, little girl, I say unto you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. Remember the woman of the issue of the blood was 12 years of the issue of the blood. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders. Not to let anyone know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Jesus was still ministering to this little girl, even though she was physically raised from the dead. He wanted to make sure she was taken care of. That's how Jesus is, okay? But what I want you to get is Jesus and the disciples and the parents, so they're all there, right? Because you got the parents there as well, right? And everybody's going, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. And they're making fun of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Kicked them out. You know, for everybody that thinks that everything Jesus did was pull a flower out of his sleeve uh, like a magician and just smiled and uh, and gave everybody an air high five, that's not how it went. Okay? They laughed at Jesus, and he put them all out. He took the child's father and mother and disciples with him. What did he do? He cleared the air. 